Shalom Aleichem, Shavua Tov to all of you great listeners of this station. And this is Rabbi Albaz from SLC. I'm going to speak about the parasha, Rashel Kedushim, and a little bit about Lagba Omer. He said, Daber el kol adad b'nei Yisrael ve'amata alehem kedushim tehiu. Speak to the entire assembly of Bnei Israel, the entire assembly. In other words, whatever is talked about in Parashat Kedushim was done behakhel, meaning gathers all the Bnei Israel and he tells them about this parasha here. What is so important in this parasha? So Rashi Alavashalom says, Melamed, this is teaching us, this parasha was said, where the entire assembly were there, because the majority of the essentials of the Torah are in here, in this parasha. Now, what does that mean? That means because it has a lot of mitzvot? Well, it has. It has 51 mitzvot in this parasha. But that can't be that because parasha Timur has uh, even more so. So it is not just a number. What is it? Well, in Vaikra Rabbah, it says, Rub Gufet Torah, meaning the majority of the essential mitzvot of the Torah are in here. And they mention a number of them. Shmirat Shabbat, keeping the Shabbat, honoring the parents, not stealing from your fellow men, do not take revenge or bear grudge, and of course, especially the main one, love your neighbor like yourself. And this encompasses everything. This is one a answer, but also, there is an Imorah in Vaikaraba. He says this parasha contains the ten mitzvot which parallel the ten commandments. Whatever is said in the ten commandments, Asareta Diberot, somehow are repeated in this parasha. And just like in Asareta Diberot, it was Behakel, everyone was listening. Here also. The Ten Mitzvot. The Ten Asadah Diberot. And the go it goes like this. The first the of the first commandment is Anochia Shemelukecha, right? Okay. In this parasha it says Ani Ashemilokechem. The second one, Lo Yelecha Elokim Al Panay, not have God forbid any other God but Hashem. It says, Pretty, you know, perils. It says, Do not swear with my name falsely. Okay, the fourth one, Shamor et Shabbat Keep the Sabbath. It says, That says very clear. Uh, the next one, Kabed et Abicha Well, 
We have Ish Imo Ve'abiv Tirao. They should have all from your mother and father. Lo Tirzach, thou shalt not kill. Lo Ta'amod Aldam Re'echa. Do not stand idly while the blood of your fellow man is being spilled. Lo Tin'af. Mot Yumat Ha'no'ev Ve'ano'afet. Quite parallels it. Okay? Don't gossip about your friends. Do not covet. Do not envy. Love your friend like yourself, which if you love like you, you're not going to envy him. You're going to be happy for him. So we see we have a, the, the oldies, Aserita di Berot, are somehow mentioned over here. Again, that's why, according to Baikar Rabbah, that's why it was done behakel. But I'd like to spend just a few minutes about this. Um, it says here, Lota Amod al Do not stand idly by. In other words, if you see a friend of yours was in danger, don't just stand and do nothing. If you can help, then you have an obligation to help. Somehow, he's in danger. You have to help. Now, it's a, I'm going to tell you a little story that happened during the time of Menachem Begin. As you know, Menachem Begin, first of all, he, he knew quite well, the, the Chumash quite well, uh, he was somewhat, he was a little religious. And when he came to visit President Carter over here, at that time, if you recall, it was a question of giving the West Bank to the Palestinians. And Carter was trying to push Begin, land for peace, give the land in exchange for peace. Of course, Menachem Begin, he, 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 he liked the idea. The, the West Bank is not the West Bank. It's part of our land. He told Carter, no, no. Peace for peace, not land for peace. Peace for peace. He gave us peace, we'll give him peace. At any rate, so when Carter faced him and he said to him, I'd like to give, give up the land for peace and then and he refused, so Carter said to him, you know what, why don't you think about it? Think about it. So right away, Begin didn't like the idea to think about it. And Begin was not a man to be shy. He can answer. And he told him the story of Rabbi Amnon. I don't know how many of you have heard this story, but it uh, really... It's a tragic story, but still it's beautiful in a sense of how much a person can go in order to keep his faith. Now, we're talking about 800 years ago. In those days, the Jews in Europe, this happened in Mainz. Over there, they were very, very scared of the authorities. But there was a man by the name of Rabbi Amnon, a great scholar, a very pious man. And 
this Rabbi Amnon was really, he, he, he was loved and respected by Jews and Goyim. His name was known all over. Even the Duke, the ruler of the land at the time, he admired and respected him for his wisdom, for his for his learning. But and and many 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 times the the duke invited the rabbi to his palace, where he consulted with him, asked him his advice. But being that he was having the attention of the duke, the other ministers that were around him in the court became jealous. So one of them, especially the secretary there, he wants to, what they wanted to do, he said, listen, you're giving so much honor to Rabbi Amnon, you know? Yeah. Why don't you tell him to be like us? Then be a Christian like us. Then, oh, you can uh, you can put him in a, on a higher stand, give him a, an official position. The Duke thought it was a good idea. The next time Rabbi Amnon came, he said to him, you know, why don't you become a Christian like us? I'll give you a big mama, big position. See, I like you. You're a smart man. Be with us. Of course, as soon as Rabbi Amnon heard that, he became pale in the face. And, of course, he started explaining how we are... Uh, observing a certain faith, and we are very, uh, very faithful uh, to our emunah, to our Torah, and we can't do it. The Duke did not take that for an answer. Next time he came, same question. Then, okay, he started avoiding coming in, but eventually he came in and said to him, look, you have no choice. You have to you have to become one one of us. So Rabbi Amnon said to him, let me think about it. Give me a few days to think about it. Give me three days to think about it. Okay. That's a fair request, to think about it. As soon as Rabbi Amnon left the palace, immediately he realized, how could he possibly even say, let me think about it? How could he possibly think about it? What's that to think? God forbid, change his religion. So he went home, couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, nothing. Third day, he won't come. He didn't go. The Duke was very angry. He sent people to bring him by force. And they did. And he said to him, those legs that didn't come on time, are going to be chopped. And the poor guy, his legs was chopped. It was just before Rosh Hashanah. And he insisted to take people to take him to the synagogue. And when they got to a certain part of the prayer, he composed a very, very chashuv hymn, a poem, called Untanetokef, which the Ashkenazim uh, recite with great hitahavut during Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And until today, that poem, that hymn 
is, of course, recited in, in all Ashkenazic shuls. Now, the biggin turns to Kari and says, You want me to think about it? Lo ta'amod al dam Do you know what that means? If they take away the West Bank, it means that now we only have a sliver, maybe nine miles between the width, the entire width of uh, some part of Eretz Israel, nine miles. A sakana. It's danger. No. I'm not going to even think about it. Well, Menachem Begin was not afraid to tell his mind. Rabbi Amnon made a mistake by even asking to think. I'm not going to think about it. Here's Rabbi very important thing to remember when it comes to certain mitzvot, when it comes to do certain things, helping other people. In fact, Parashat the majority of the mitzvot also have to do with bin Adam lahaviro, between man and fellow man. There's nothing to think about. We just have to go ahead and do it. Now, I'd like to turn to spend a few minutes about Lag Baomer. I'm sure you've heard about it before. Uh, as they say, Shiv'im Panim La Torah, there's always different thoughts about it. And I would like to share with you certain thoughts about it. In Masechet Yevamot, it says, Shinem Asar Elef Zugim Talmidim Hayulo Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva had 12,000 pairs of Talmidim. Now, 12,000 pairs is 24,000. Well, why didn't it say 24,000? Because if, if, when it comes to Yeshiva, usually a person learns with someone else what they call the Habruta. You don't learn it by your own because it's not really efficient. When you learn with someone else, it's better. And where were these 24,000? Migabat at Antifras. From the city of Gabat to Antifras. Now, these two cities were not close to each other. They were far away from each other, which means that these 24,000 Tamil were not in one particular location. They were distributed around. And Rabbi Akiva was going from place to place to teach them. And they all died. The same period of time, which is during the Sefira time that we have now, from Pesach to, to Lagbaume. Now, why? They did not show respect one another. Oh, this requires some explanation. What does that mean? They didn't have respect. They did not conduct themselves respectfully to each other. What does that mean? They curse each other, Hasbi Shalom? I can't be. We're talking about great scholars here. We're talking about Tamidi Hachamim, who were prof- they were very proficient in all facets of the Torah. Great people. What does that mean? That they didn't have respect. And second question is, how come we're mourning them for 32 days? I mean, if in terms of 24,000, certainly it's a great tragedy 
But we had tragedies that were even more than 24,000. The, the Inquisition claimed tens and tens of thousands. The Crusaders, the Schmenitzky Massacre, 300,000. The Holocaust, 6 million. We don't even have one day of mourning for them. So I like to tackle these two questions. Now, first, what does that mean they didn't have respect? Well, I'm sure that you've heard different interpretations on that. But perhaps one interpretation means that they were all great scholars. And each one had his own interpretation of certain things. How to go about what halakha here. I mean, we've had many, many times up until today. This this the, this posex is like this. This posex is slightly different. But Shemaim also had big arguments. They had this and that, but they respect each other. So perhaps what the problem was that they had their own interpretation and they believed, hey, I'm wrong. I mean, I'm right. Excuse me. I'm right. You're wrong. They did not look at each other kindly. See? For great scholars like that, hey, these were supposed to be the new leaders of Torah in Israel. Rabbi Akiva was preparing them and training them to be the new leaders. You know, the higher you are, even the smallest little thing is a, is a big sin. These were big tamidi hachamim. And they failed in the main precept of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva was proclaiming all over. His slogan was what? Love your neighbor like yourself. Love your fellow man like yourself. And they just went the opposite. They disrespected each other. You know, the the great Rabbi Huda Hanasi, that is the one that wrote the entire Mishnah. He never he said, "Me'olam lo avar ish lo avar adam velo natat velo hikdam tilo shalom." Meaning, he never met a person where he did not say hello to him first. Rabbi Huda Hanasi. You know what a great man he was? Any man that he met, it doesn't matter who he was. He told me. He said, hello to him first. Shalom, how are you? Have a good day. Many of you have heard of Rabbi Yaakov Kamenitsky, Shalom. A great Talmud Hakam. One of the Gdolea door that we had here in America. As you know, in the summer, many Rabbanim, Roshay Shivot from the Ashkenazic, uh, Ashkenazic community, they go to the uh, mountains, the hotel over there. We happened to be once in the hotel. And one morning, uh, his son calls him up. Right? And in those days, they didn't have no cell phones, so you couldn't just call directly. But he called the front desk, and the front desk he connect you with the room. So the uh, he says, I would like to speak to Rabbi uh, Yaakov Kamenitsky. He says, who's this? This is his son. So this lady says to him, oh, you have such a great father. 
every time he passes by. In the morning here, he never fails to sit to me, hello, have a good day. Yeah. A goita, a goya. Yet have the moose, the respect for one another. Despite the heated arguments that they had. But the Gemara said they were marrying between among each other. See, this is the thing. And there is another thing that I would like to mention. What this lack of respect and rejection of each other probably was one of the causes why the dying kept going for the 32 days. Let me explain that. I mentioned before that the Talmudim were spread around. So if you had 24,000 Talmudim, what does that mean? You know, you had maybe 100 over here, maybe you had 500 in one, another place, 300 in another place. Well, it was not all 24,000 in one building. It said, the Gemara said, Migabat ad Antifras. They did all over. Well, now, let's assume there was one building that had 300 Talmudim. In 32 days, approximately, roughly around 10 a day, were dying. 10 a day were dying. Are the first 10 die? When nothing happens? What's happening? What about the next day, another 10 die? Nothing? No teshuvah? No hit orerut? No one of the great scholars says to himself, hey, maybe, hey, they, maybe there is some kind of uh, uh, Siman, and we should do something about it. That didn't happen. What does that mean? What does that mean? I'll give you an example today. Let's say you're coming back from work, you come back home from work, you're sitting at a table, God gives you a beautiful, delicious dinner, you're enjoying your dinner, and you take a newspaper. And you see in the newspaper that Rahmanat Islam, ten Jews they were they were killed in a fire in the Bronx. Oh, you feel bad. You know, these are Jews, you know, our 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 people, you feel bad. But you continue your, your supper until you finish. Put the newspaper aside and finish. Suppose now after you read that, you look at the small print. They printed the names of the people, of those 10 people that died. And you recognize one of them was a second cousin to you. Another one, he was living right next to you for many years. You were so friendly with him. You're going to frenzy. Oh, my God. My second cousin. My neighbor. Here you are. Sarah, dear, look what happened here. You lose your appetite. You don't even want to finish anymore. In other words, the shock is a lot greater if you are close to a person. But if you're not close, if you don't care about the person, you're not going to be shocked. That's probably, could be, what happened to them. The first ten died. Okay. They were not really so friendly with each other. They didn't respect each other that much. 
So it kept on going. It's part of part of the deal. Respect of Botai is something extremely important that we have to look look at all the time. But respecting each other, meaning we're gonna have unity. When we have unity, you're gonna have the Mashiach come. That's what he's waiting for. He's waiting for us. Now the other thing that I mentioned is why are we mourning these people? The great sage great sages, obviously they are. I mean they were. We also have great sages, other great sages. But there's something else that happened besides the fact that they died during this time with them also died a dream a dream of Rabbi Akiva to have an independent state of Israel and to have a permanent Mashiach remember we're talking about the days where the Romans were ruling Judea at the time they were cruel, barbaric, savages. And they laid taxes and gezerot on them. They couldn't take them any longer. And Rabbi Akiva even convinced other rabbis to agree with him to do whatever possible to chase out the Romans. What did he do? He had two, 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 two ways here. To accomplish his mission. One militarily. And one religiously. You have to have an independent state. And we should have a Mashiach. And Talmidim. That are going to spread the Torah. In Israel. And perhaps in the world. You know. It's in the desert of Mashiach. It's going to be. You know, Torah all over. These Talmidim were supposed to do that, to accomplish the spiritual part of it. And he named a person, he named him Bar Kochba, or a great warrior. He was going to be the next Mashiach. He was going to be the Mashiach to deliver the Jews from the yoke of the Romans. But that dream went nowhere. When they started dying one after the other, it means the spiritual part is gone. With it, the military part also somehow was not successful. Oh, they were successful at the beginning. Oh, yeah. According to history, they actually chased out the Romans temporarily. For a couple of years, they were independent. And they wanted the Rebetta Mikdash and everything else. In the spot of the Rebetta Mikdash, I mean. And they, they they wanted to rebuild it. But that's that was temporary. Then the Romans came in force. And of course, it ended up into a huge tragedy where about six, 600,000 Jews were murdered, were killed, either by the sword, starvation, into slavery, whatever. So we are mourning the abelut that we have is more so than just 
the, the 24,000. Of course, it's a big tragedy when you have 24,000. 24,000? Look, uh, 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 Rabbi Akiva, he, he went ahead and he taught another five Talmidim. Among them was Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Shemar Yahai. And these five Talmidim from their Torah, is all our Torah today is from those five. Can you imagine the greatness of these people? Of course, there is somewhat to deserve, uh, uh, to deserve that we should uh, mourn their, their death. But it's more than that. It's the fact that we lost our independence. We lost the Mashiach. We lost everything. We lost the chance to rebuild the Bet HaMikdash. And this all started from what? Disrespect for each other. So Rabbi the great lesson we learn from here is especially in your home, within your family, or whether your community, people that you have in a shul, friends, co-workers, respect is very important. Once you have respect, you have shalom. When you give respect, you get respect back. You have shalom, you have unity, and that is what's going to precipitate the coming of our Mashiach Sitkenu Amen. Rabotai, I want to mention again, is great station. Please do your best. Try to contribute because this station has to keep on going. It does a lot of benefit to the young, middle-aged, to the to the elderly, everyone. And if you have any simha, why don't you contact our office at SLC? I'm sure we can accommodate you. Shavuatov to all of you and happy Lagba Omer.